Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Faith. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Umbrella Academy. This week we are covering season two, episode 10, The End of Something. I know it's it the end n- of the, the season. <laughs> the end of, end of season two. We can probably just start filling in the blank with <laughs> what this meant, the end of something. So it wasn't yeah. the end of the world, but it was the end of something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I can't believe we're here already. Yeah, it feels we like it. we just started our coverage. <laughs> I know. We... I feel like it, this whole season's made my head spin. It's been so great, but so much has happened. And yeah. keeping up with all the time hopping and, and everything that, that's happened in the timeline and everything that's happened to the siblings and all of this and, and the, you know, the, the growth and the characters. Um, I'm a little exhausted. It was, a good it exhausted. Was, yeah, there's a lot going on in season two. Yeah, a lot happening. I can't believe we're here, but I'm really um, excited to talk about this this episode what what are your thoughts in general were, were you happy yeah with I, it? I thought it was a great finale uh mm-hmm. it had a lot of action they really went all out with a lot of the big action scenes and you know everything they sure did came down to a head and i think we got everything wrapped up really nicely like uh it definitely you know drops us into quite a interesting and intriguing setup for a next season but they wrapped up the 60s in a nice clean bow i think I think so too. And I mean, you know, you never know what, you know, took place here in this season might carry over or be talked about again in the next season, which just FYI, I don't, I don't have any news for this uh, episode, but I I have been looking for um, a renewal for season three. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen that yet, guys. So, you know, fingers crossed we'll get the answer soon whether yes or no we're going to get a season three um with everything kind of being delayed i'm sure even if they do announce a season three might be a little while before we actually get it who knows but uh fingers crossed guys that we do get that you know little nod to yes we are gonna have a season three so i hope so i I hope so too oh my god can you if they leave us hanging with that cliffhanger Damn I might it, just Netflix. be done with Netflix at that point. You know, <laughs> I just give Netflix. up because they've already canceled two shows um, that I really love that ended on like cliffhanger season finales and then ended up yeah. scrapping it before the next season could come out. And I'm really pissed about those. So. There, well, you know, Pake, I, I think I, I, I was not a, a fan, um, but I understand. And mm-hmm. I can, you know, I feel like Netflix, you are really playing with people's emotions. Yep. <laughs> by by doing some of those things, so I I hope they don't do that with this uh, with this show. Um, I don't sometimes understand always what what they use, you know, to what algorithms or what they consider a hit where they want to continue on, you know, because I feel like there are shows out there that people love and I feel like probably do pretty well for them and get great viewership, and yet they cancel them, you know, without closing it out appropriately. It seems yeah. and. So I feel like there's no rhyme or reason sometimes, and I it'll it'll hurt if they do that with this one. I feel like one more season at least, you know. Yeah, I feel like I'd be okay okay with one more. I'd be. I think I would be okay with another. I feel like they could probably, 
you know, definitely a next season and maybe even a fourth, maybe. But definitely this would be a great three season show. Yeah. Maybe four. Well, if I think about it again, I haven't read the comics, but we've talked about them. From what I understand is like the main run of the comics. I think there was only like what three volumes, like three Mm. like story arcs. And then I think like well, that years later he brought back like a, like a fourth one or something at some point. But so yeah, so that kind of lines up. Like I think they can get three solid stories out of it, and then maybe a fourth if it does really well. But hopefully wrap it up there. And yeah, I know. <laughs> at least need a little bit of closure there. You know, you can't can't leave us hanging where we're at. So fingers crossed, guys, that we get a positive nod. Uh, and a confirmation on a season three renewal, but I, I'm with you. This this was a really great finale, um, and season two just as a whole was just so good. Um, I, I try to tell people who haven't watched it yet, you know, like, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Is it good? And I was like, yeah, it was really good. You know, season one was surprisingly, you know, it was different, um, and it had some really great moments and fun and weird and strange. Uh, but season two, they just really kicked it up a notch and was fantastic. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm really pleased with it as a whole and was definitely pleased with this finale. It was short, though. Yeah, it was. It, it went like by it just, so fast. <laughs> went, so much yeah. happened in such a short amount of time. I, I, I kind of blinked and was like, oh, my gosh, is it over already? And I looked at the time. And it was only like 49 minutes, maybe at, at 49, maybe. minutes. Yeah. Um, at least when the credits started. So if you give, you know, 30 seconds or more to the credits. Um, so, gosh, I'm I'm really excited to break this one down. I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about, <laughs> even if it's, I feel like, and I, I kind of struggle a little bit with my, I'll be honest and upfront about this. I feel like I have more just like things I want to talk about and more talking points and I have like a top five. I have a top five, <laughs> but I feel like I'm going to kind of be all over the place. So I apologize in advance if I'm kind of all over. I'm tonight. kind of with I mean, you on be... that though. <laughs> it's, mine's mine's yeah. kind of similar. I think it's just the way that the episode was structured is hard to pull out a top five because it's it was very streamlined into like one major story. Yeah, so. so so much happened, and and yeah, so I'll apologize in advance if if maybe my top five is not or top five, um, you know, are not the greatest or streamlined. Or I feel like I'm going to be. I just have so much that I want to talk about, and it all flows together, like you said, along yeah. with this episode. But uh, hey, we're gonna try it anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, with that being said, I'm I'm ready to kick this off. And Pake, will you please, um, for the finale, give us your right. number five All right. for episode ten? My number five is Ben, and yeah, what we see at the beginning of the episode mainly with him is I love that they drop the episode right in to the like cold open being 2006, and I was like oh, we're finally getting some info on Ben. And I was so excited and I was ready to find out how he died. And then we didn't. Um, I mean, no, we knew it was a mission that had gone wrong, but I think we'd already kind of pieced that together. So we still didn't mm-hmm. get the information we wanted as far as what happened. But but we got a little bit more story and back, you know, background of how the, the family was at that moment when that happened. And mm-hmm. we did get to see him and Klaus together, which I was like, wow, teenage Klaus is already quite a drinker. He's got his own flask and everything. So that, that makes sense, I guess. He <laughs> started early. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which I don't know who the actor who played uh, young Klaus was. Actually, no, I, I think I have it 
marked. Yeah, I, I looked it up. His name is like Dante Albedone, something like that. Okay. I don't know anything about him really, but I did look up his name. Uh, but I thought he nailed young Klaus really well, like even the way he speaks. And they've done really good well, on casting those. And I, I could be wrong, but I, didn't they dub? Did they? Klaus's voice. I think they dubbed Klaus's voice okay. as we know it today. Over I was wondering if voice. they did because it was very spot on. So I was like, either this kid is doing a phenomenal job or. Okay, that Which, makes sense if it's Robert Sheehan's voice too. I wonder why they. Do you know? So I, I was wondering why they made that choice because I, they didn't dub any of the other actors' voices. Yeah, I, I didn't didn't pick up on anyway. So maybe I'm, so maybe class. I'm on the wrong track. Maybe the kid that they cast looked really good, but didn't sound like him at all, and they had to. <laughs> maybe maybe they're like, oh, Uh-oh, you know, kid, you, you you look like him, and we feel like you probably got this down. But mannerisms were good. At least I'll give him that. <laughs> Yeah, his mannerisms and stuff were good, but maybe the voice wasn't satisfactory. I mean, Klaus kind of has, he's kind of distinctive, I guess, when he talks. So maybe yeah. there was just something, but I don't know. I'm I'm not sure why that decision was made, but Okay, so you anyway, did see that I mean, that's what is what they did for sure? I was not, I didn't read that. I wasn't yeah. able to confirm it, but I am, I am. 99.9% yeah. positive with my own gut that they dubbed it. And I think I, I read, um, well, I was on Reddit, I think, and they, yeah. I think someone mentioned that they, they did, but it wasn't like someone who, in the know. They were just like, why did they dub his voice? And they're like, I don't know, maybe for this or that. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I remember watching and it, I was like, that would, don't tell me that, that would make sense as far as why he, yeah, I was like, that makes sense why I was like blown away, but it sounded so good. It's like, oh, because it is Robert Sheen. Okay. Because it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. But like I said, I did not read it for fact from anyone in the show. Just, uh, you know, someone else picked up on it too. And I was like, well, I thought so. I didn't think it was just me thinking that. And I felt a little validated, but again, no official confirmation, but I feel that's what they did. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your thoughts oh, there. No, you're good. <laughs> that's a good little <laughs> tangent, but that's all right. But yeah, cause that was like a tangent on a tangent. Cause yeah. <laughs> what I was talking about. Yeah. So you see Klaus and Ben, you know, that Klaus uses his powers to bring Ben back like right there from the beginning. So we kind of find out there that like, mm-hmm. He conjured him up. So they've been together kind of since right after Ben died. Yeah, almost like he was just never gone. Yeah. And, you know, in that moment, we see them talking about, you know, I don't want to, you know, they told me to go to the light or whatever. And Klaus was just like, ah, don't worry about that. You know, I want you here with me. But then Klaus has been spending all of these years since then kind of thinking that he's the reason that Ben is still there because he conjured him back up and now he's denied him this afterlife. But then that's where we find out what Ben said to Vanya in the last episode was that he wanted Klaus to know that he was too scared to go into the light back then when he was a kid anyway. So not for Klaus not to hold himself responsible for that because he had, you know, he wasn't fully to blame for Ben staying behind anyway. Yeah. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. That, um, funeral scene is actually my my number five as well when like you I was like oh my goodness what are we what are we getting what are we getting you know and was so anxious to see and then thought oh shit this is really depressing it's Ben's freaking funeral you know and he was a kid he was like 13 or 14 I guess Mm -hmm. and he he's dead that's tragic he's a child and the siblings just lost a brother um, and so the first time that we're seeing this, you know, we didn't, we, we 
don't, like you said, have any insight as to what really killed Ben or what it was that happened during this mission that, you know, something went wrong. Um, so it's really sad. All the siblings, you know, surrounded around him, kind of a little reminiscent from season one with Reginald's funeral, yeah. quite different, mm-hmm. quite different kind of tone. But, um, you know, we see the squid on his casket, which to me was like an homage to Ben and his powers. Uh-huh. Kind of like, I still don't really fully understand what the heck it is, but it's squid-like. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting and had his picture on there. And then, you know, when Hargreaves is out there like berating the kids because the Academy failed and allowed one of their own to die. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, this is so messed up. Oh, yeah. Uh, just again, Hargreaves just drilling into these kids like they, they are children. And I mean, maybe something did go wrong. And but I mean, they're they're kids. Yeah. And to blame them for their loss of their brother, you know, Ben doesn't seem to blame them. He doesn't hold them responsible. You know, but for Hargreaves to come down on those kids, just again, you know, showing this example of what a crappy parent he seems to be. Yeah. I mean, they're not giving us anything to work with here at all. We, I, I can't find hardly really anything redeeming at all about Reginald Hargreaves. I keep waiting to get more story about him or find out that he's on this great mission and he's like this for a reason, but I'm, I'm just not finding it. And so this is just how I see him. And I don't, and maybe that is how we're supposed to see him, but yeah, maybe he's not supposed to be redeemed, but he's just crazy as holish to his children. Oh, definitely. <laughs> So anyway, um, did you have anything else you want to say about it, about your number five? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I think it moves right into, is that, was that your number five as well? Or? Mostly Ben's funeral. Yeah. yeah. And just that whole scene and the kids and the absence of five. Mm-hmm. Notice that five was not there. Yeah. I think cause that was, what was the timeline of that? Had five already like I believe like disappeared you, like taking himself to the future couldn't get back at that point like right I believe that this was like Ben had passed after he had already because there was that scene wasn't it from season one where he storms here like he pushes off from the dinner table or something and storms off and yeah. then jumps to the future future sorry uh and and then yeah so I think Ben was still alive at that point uh-huh. So, yeah, interesting to see everyone there without five. It took me a second watch to pick up on that. And also um, from a good our good friend Steve texted me about that. <laughs> nice. I was like, what? Wait, because I, I don't even watch it the one time. So I wasn't like in full detail mode at that point. Yeah. I just did my first watch. And Steve messaged me. And he's like, I've got a vent about something in the um, finale. If, if, you know, if you've already watched it, I was like, yeah, I've watched it. I was like, I haven't done prep on it or anything yet but yeah what's up and he texted me with that and I was like wait what and he's like yeah go back and watch and I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> like, you're right so yeah I was like okay good pick up Steve thanks so I gotta give credit to, to Steve where credit is due oh, yeah. and then when I caught it on the second watch I was like okay yeah makes sense mm-hmm. all right um yeah that was all that I really wanted to say and kind of focus on on just Ben's funeral and that little flashback I do enjoy those little flashbacks getting a little bit more insight yeah um, and kind of interesting, you know, getting this as the beginning 
of the episode with Ben's funeral, and I won't really go into detail or talk about it, but seeing what we see at the very end of the episode, yeah, kind of the um, book ending of of the episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, cool so much to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is your number four? Well, that actually rolls right into my number four really well, what we were talking about there. Awesome. Which is still kind of, it picks up at the funeral a little bit, which title card watch, I've been doing that in the umbrella on Ben's casket with the title over that is where that was mm-hmm. found. But yeah, um, my number four, I just titled Reginald is still a dick. And... <laughs> Yeah. So some of the stuff with him. And so, yeah, him, I said, you know, he's still being father of the year here. God, what a piece of shit. That's kind of where I was at. <laughs> and so I wrote down his full non-eulogy because I was like, wow, what a what a speech, huh? Here's mm-hmm. what he says. He says, the world is full of injustice. Good people die along with the bad. This cosmic equation will never change unless evil itself is wiped from existence. Thankfully, there are powerful forces pushing back against the wicked iniquitous. Individuals who have the strength to pull together against insurmountable odds to face adversity with the, with blinking cur- with unblinking courage and not to hesitate to sacrifice themselves for another. Unfortunately, none of you are such people. And then, like it goes, it bounces around from Luther to Allison to Diego, and they're all like not shocked by this statement. They're almost like giving these like knowing glances, like yeah, of course he was going to pull this. Like they were expecting this mm-hmm. insult. He says, despite years of training and weeks of preparation, you allowed number six to die on this mission, which triggers Allison a little bit to go, it wasn't our fault. And he says, excuses? I will not hear them. The Umbrella Academy has failed one of their own, the consequences of which are dire. Hold on to this feeling, children. Let it fester in your hearts so there is never a next time. Training will be canceled today out of respect for your brother, and we will resume tomorrow at 6 a.m. And then just walks off, leaving them to stew in that pile of crap he just dropped on him. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, that just blew me away. I just sat there on my first watch. And I mean, yes, we all know how terrible he is. But this really was the icing on the cake yeah. for me, I think. No and, sympathy, no fatherly, like, emotions at all. Like, no care, no love, no wanting to make them feel better for the loss of a family member. Just, this is your fault. Do better. I'm disappointed in you. Goodbye. That's all it was. Yeah, I'm surprised he even had the decency to say that training was canceled for the day out of respect for their brother. Yeah. And That that was surprising to me. <laughs> that was probably the worst of it, but it wasn't the only you know, thing we see in this episode of him just you know, hinting at or being still just like terrible to them because even later on uh well well, i'll skip ahead a little bit i'm sure you know can't really spoil Mm -hmm. things because we've seen the episode and people listening have seen it i'm sure so you know when they they find out about lila and they all come to realize what lila is which rima you nailed Mm -hmm. it and that's awesome (laughs) i did i'm really proud of myself for that yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they all come to that realization they're like well she's one of us and then you realize that Reginald never told them that they were seven out of like the 40 something. Like they had been this whole time thinking they were the only ones. I look, it seems like Reginald and, never told them that like, oh yeah, there was a bunch of babies born and then you were the ones that I got. 
And and we really take that for granted. And I forget all the time to think about this when I'm watching a show like this and covering it and podcasting is that we know that information yeah. as a viewer and in the audience. And we just take for granted that they may not know that. Mm-hmm. And I, I that kind of hit me in that moment. I was like, well, yeah, duh, there's more of you. But I was like, well, why would we assume that they know I mean, we don't know. They, I don't think we've ever heard them talk about it or talk about other kids out there that, you know, that were all born on the same day, that there were, what, 40-something yeah. other kids. You know, we just, we know that. We can't assume they do. And I thought, God, yeah, you, you dummy, you got to remember stuff like you, that. Like, think, we know yeah. it. We take advantage. You, you would think that that would yeah, be some like, important information he would pass on to them. Like, yeah, you kids have these incredible superpowers and you're going to go out there and, and save people. But I should also let you know that there's like 30 other, you know, more, you know, 30 plus other people out there who have the exact same level of abilities as you. And you might cross paths someday. Well, <laughs> we have seen his pattern of being less than honest, mm-hmm. you know, when he, like he was talking with Grace and she confronted him and she's like, just please, you know, like you don't have to give me details on anything that you're doing. Just please tell me that you know, like you're not a bad person or that you're not up to, up to something like this. And he couldn't even do that. Yeah. You know, he was so vague with her and, you know, and he seemed to really, really care for her. It wasn't just some casual person to him. They seemed to have, you know, a, a true relationship and he really seemed to, you know, hold on to that and it meant something to him and he couldn't even be upfront and honest with her. So why the hell would he be with his kids? So I guess it shouldn't have surprised us that he was a little less than forthcoming with all of the details about, you know, uh, all these kids born on the same day with, with powers. So duh, I, that got that smack me. I'm like, well, duh, why would we assume that, Mm -hmm. that he told them? Which then goes into a little bit of what you mentioned on that book ending, ending of the episode which makes me kind of question, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later as far as more, you know, speculation and stuff then. But, you know, we see that, you know, they make it back to 20, uh, 2019 and they've definitely affected time. The apocalypse didn't happen then, but it's affected a lot of other things too. You see that Reginald is now alive again because the whole timeline where he had to kill himself to bring them together to stop the apocalypse, I guess, never happened because Vanya has now learned to control her powers back in the 60s. Which, again, you get into time travel stuff and it changes everything. Oh, man, that's going to make my head hurt to try to put all that together. Yeah, I just, I'm going to try not to think too hard about but it. But now he's, so he's sitting there and he's expected them to be there because I guess he remembers their conversations from the 60s. So he knew they'd mm-hmm. find a way to make it back. But yet it looks as though he has gone out and adopted different kids or different, you know, we still don't know exactly what this is, but now he's got the Sparrow Academy going on and it almost like he was just like okay so things didn't work out with them i'll just move on and do this again with other ones like i don't care <laughs> they'll come back to me I mean, in the in the right time but whatever i don't mind you know I, I don't have to worry about them for however many years i mean what a shitty thing like he is like you know because they come to him in the 60s we're we're your kids you adopted us and they they tell this whole story like he was so disappointed in them yeah. and wanted nothing to do with them again that he made a point yeah. to not it's do like it again. It's like he purposely then went and adopted different kids in his in, in his timeline. Exactly. <laughs> Talk about again a, uh. a huge 
snub to those kids. Like, I'm so disappointed in all of you. Why the hell would I adopt the seven of you? Mm-hmm. You know, you're all a bunch of screw ups. And, you know, everything that he was, you know, talking to them about in that in the episode when they were all, you know, they had their dinner. Um, and it was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> you, you purposely went out and adopted other yeah. kids and well i guess with the exception of yeah, ben. But ben was not there at the dinner so he never met ben so he wasn't right. disappointed in him he didn't know about him true or at least i yeah. guess i i'm still yeah you know the whole timelines <laughs> and how you change things and the consequences i'm still really confused but yeah you're right he was not there at that time so maybe he didn't know about him yet but yeah well how about that how about that nice little smack in the right. head for you <laughs> Jeez. Just every step that he can take, he's going to keep being a horrible piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, he's proving himself over and over again to be an asshole with no redeeming qualities that I can mm-hmm. find whatsoever. Yeah. Sorry, do you no, have more to say that, about your number four? That's it. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Well, my number four, uh, I wanted to talk about the showdown. All right. This amazing showdown that we get on the farm and you know as they're in the barn trying to you know kind of talk harlan down you know kind of calm him and and you know kind of wrangle that in and take control of that situation the handler shows up along with lila uh which was you know interesting i think we knew was probably going to happen uh they go out and confront them five and diego go out there the perfect perfect pair i feel to confront those two they are like well you know you know they have their little discussion but they're like well that's fine there's seven of us and only two of you um should have not said that because Mm. the, the handler was totally ready in that moment and with a snap of her fingers hellfire comes down you've got all these assassins from the commission and did you happen to catch what was really fun was some of them had masks yeah. on, uh, like Hazel and Chacha from the first. Yeah, season. there was a few little fun masks, and there was like a like another like a creepy looking bunny rabbit, and one had like this like pink cherubic like chipmunk face, and then another one was like an ogre kind of thing, and one just kind of looked like a bucket. I love it. <laughs> it is. It is so strange if we were talking about any other show or anything else, but it would just be the strangest thing. But the show just, you know, anytime you're, you're talking about the Umbrella Academy and you're talking about these things, it would sound strange <laughs> anywhere else in conversation. But it's the show, so it makes perfect yeah, it's sense. It's the show where we just so. overlooked and completely ran with, oh, yeah, the guy's got a fishbowl for a head and he's actually a fish. Okay, cool. Moving on. Yep. We accept All right. that. Yep. Next. <laughs> we do accept that. We accept a talking fish and a fish fish bowl attached to some sort of human-esque robotic body or something of that yep. nature. Yeah. Totally. Not even having to think twice mm-hmm. about it. This is just fact. This is the world we live in. <laughs> so, yeah, we get some of the assassins from the commission, uh, you know, and they're like, well, they brought their army. And, you know, Diego and Five take off and... With stormtrooper accuracy, <laughs> they <laughs> they begin firing. Oh my god! On the uh, oh my gosh, that I had to kind of suspend my disbelief. Very a much bit so. I was like, ah, I don't think you can avoid that many bullets that well. Um. <laughs> I get it. You know, you're running and your aim is going to be off when you're trying to run. But I feel like out of 
all of those. I don't know the number of assassins that were there, but I feel like somebody's going to get a lucky shot or two yeah. off, you know? Uh, so, yeah, you have to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit. And, you, you know, when watching this scene uh, and, and immediately Star Wars came to mind and the stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, so they're running like hell trying to get away. Um, and whenever they, they get to some cover, I really love the moment when, you know, they can't flash to the house because five seems to be peering out. He's lost some of his energy. Um, and so Diego covers for him. And when he holds those bullets back, I was just so impressed with Diego in that moment. And it just reminds me again that we still just have not seen him along with the others also uh, really use his powers yeah. enough. You know, we haven't really seen that full capacity. He's great with knives and we know he can kind of bend a metal to his will. He's a little bit like Magneto, yeah. right? Got a little bit of that Magneto power going. Um, and it just made me see again. I was like, man, we have not really seen, I, I feel like a full range and full capacity of the, the, uh, this with the siblings powers yet and even though i loved loved this finale and thought it was really great and a lot of great things happened one little side note is i was really just disappointed that they gave us that teaser in the first episode when we had all the siblings during that big like war when five jumps in and they're you know fighting the russians on the street yeah and you could see all the siblings you know in all of their their different powers and how they're using them and they're and you're like whoa look how they've really expanded their powers and they feel like they're, they're really there, you know, and, and really learned how to focus and use the, the full capacity and what they can really do. And we didn't really get a whole lot of that in this episode. So I was really just disappointed that we didn't get that. That is one, I think, um, negative thing that I would have yeah. to say, because I, I really was hoping we kind of get to see that come to fruition, even though the circumstances are changed, they, they were able to like stop the apocalypse from happening. So maybe that's why we didn't get that. But if, just would have been really great to kind of see that again, but maybe that's all we were meant to have. But anyway, it was really great to see Diego, you know, putting his power, I think, to the test and really what he can and can't do. So that was super oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when Luther and Allison and Klaus had come out and they take cover uh, because they're, they're, you know, being shot at uh, when he's covering them up, trying to protect them. And, you know, everyone is thinking like, this is it, right? Like, there's no way we're going to get out of this. We can try to fight back, but how do we take them all out? And Vanya, the one person who could take them out, seems to be occupied with Harlan. Well, she does seem to kind of come to a little bit and realize that, you know, she needs to, well, because they're in danger too. They're shooting up the barn and, you know, Sissy and, and Harlan are in danger as well. And she needs to go help her family. So she comes to her power. And it was really great to see how she, like she's a lot more zen yeah. now right than what she was in season one so she really you know didn't allow her power to overcome her and have all of those repressed emotions that she seemed to have from season one like she even though she knows and understands who she is she just seems a lot more calm about it now and a little bit more accepting of things and doesn't seem quite a mess like she was in the first season so she was really able to harness and channel her powers and it was so cool seeing her float up out of the the barn like that and with one just little i don't know swoosh <laughs> whatever you want to call it she just totally wiped out the the whole assassin yeah. squad um, it was really cool or assassin army they all like, yeah, super looked like cool. they were in like some part of like video game engine 
where it's like all these just like people mm-hmm. just flopping and ragdolling around getting pushed by this. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that was that was interesting to see and really cool to see her have have that control and be able to kind of bring it back like she was able to in one fell swoop because she's so powerful take them all out but at the same time rein it back in mm-hmm. to where no one else got hurt you know necessarily. Yeah, i think i've really found um, her balance is is if she's pushed into using her powers through trauma or and as a defense mechanism that's when the em- emotions take over but whenever it's her using them right. on her own accord in order to help somebody else, she knows how to focus them in, and it's a good thing. Right. That's a good point. It's a really good point. But that's that's mostly my number four. I, we're, there's going to be a lot more to talk about, and, and there's going to be some more elements during that showdown that I, I know I want to talk about. Like I said, so much of this episode is just pretty yeah. fluid, and it's hard to kind of really pick apart you know, things. So I've had to kind of pull things out separately here. So definitely going to – at least I have more to talk oh, yeah. about. Um you know, as it pertains to this, but I really just in general love the whole, you know, squaring off, you know, with the handler and Lila, Diego and five, kind of like a Western little bit, a little bit like a duel and, you know, and it's like, okay, we're going to get this little showdown and it ends up being like however many, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of commission assassins against the seven of them. And just when you think, oh shit, this is not going the right way, um, you know, it gets turned around. But then it kind of comes back to shit again, which I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about. Um, but just a good, a, a good fun scene altogether, and lots of action. Lots of good stuff. So that's my number oh, cool. four. What is your number three? Um, let's see, my number three was just some. I, I called it the the academy in it together, and it was kind of a lot of the the sibling, uh, you know, together before the big showdown. It was just I had a few notes of some fun yes. stuff, uh, especially where we pick up with them close to the beginning of the episode where we see that our favorite band of misfits is now nationally being hunted as connected to the death of Kennedy. And they're just like all the way out there. I was like, <laughs> you know, we are. have Vanya, the Russian spy, Diego, the Cuban exile, King Kong, Luther, the mafia boxer, Allison, the Negro radical rioter, Klaus, the cult leader and tax evader. And then five is the unidentified boy. Of the, and he's their poor hostage. Um, <laughs> 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 really <cracked me> up. <laughs> and he was just like well that's true i, I feel sometimes it. i feel like i'm a hostage <laughs> uh, yeah and i wondered i thought is he gonna feel insulted by that because he's like what internally like an yeah. old man he's like i'm the ringleader here how dare you <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> uh, but yeah i thought that was really funny and then diego had cut a side of him i don't think we've ever seen where him and Five are talking about the commission Ooh. and Five's like, you don't know anything about the commission. And he was like, no, I was there and I did this. And he's like, I was on the infinite switchboard. He was like, oh, you were on the switchboard. He's like, yeah, I made that machine my bitch. And I, and then he just like, <laughs> I have never seen that side of Diego. He like went he straight was, up gangster. Like he was just like, I've been doing some did. shit none of y'all even know about. Like he had this whole different voice and everything. He was like throwing the gauntlet down. <laughs> <laughs> he he was. I was like, Diego, what is this? It's like, oh, okay. He's very passionate about his time at the commission. That whole like hour sure that was. he was there. <laughs> yeah, he was meant to be there and he nailed that orientation. Yeah. I thought, Showed that switchboard yeah, who's boss. I that was so funny. Yeah. 
But hey, I guess he, he, he became pretty close friends with old Herbie there at some point while he was there. They he came up did. with their own that secret handshake. handshake and everything. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, that was really fun. And then Vanya has this kind of flash to Harlan and realizes she has to go and save him. And she's trying to talk the rest of them into going with her, which I thought was really beautiful because she finally feels like she's part of this family. Everything came back to her and you think, oh, she'd have so much negativity that flooded her that she would end up hating them again. But she realized like all of that's in the past, even though technically it's in the future, but, <laughs> but yeah, right, no, it's yeah. all in their past. Well, let's not think about yeah. that too hard. And yes. like it, she has seen that how, how, how they've grown and that her family really is there for her. And so she says like, yes, this is important. I have to do this, but, I want you and I need you there with me. And I was real heartbroken when they kind of just shrugged her off and they're like, we've got more important things to deal with. I know. And so like we have to make our stand here and I'm sorry, Vanya, but this is where we've got to focus. And I'm just like, holy shit. I'm just like yelling. I'm like, holy shit, guys, come on. You know, you, you guys have been fighting all season to like try and stay together and keep everyone together and everyone needs to be together and band together to do this. Like you can't do it without, each other and you're leaving her high and dry again after everything that you guys did to her in your childhoods and as you're growing up and in season one you know you can't see how disastrous this is to let her go off alone ah so frustrated but so i'm glad that you know she goes to the car and she's ready to to leave and then klaus shows up and then they have a little moment and then you see that the rest of the siblings all had had a change of heart and realized that they are better together and they all get in the car and it was it was it was beautiful. I did like that moment a whole lot. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. I I teared up just yeah. a little bit. You know, seeing I was like, "Oh, Klaus, my boy, I'm so proud of you." You know, cuz he was the first one that came and I thought even if he's the only one, I'm just really proud of him for being there for yeah. her. And then here comes you know, everyone Allison else. Allison and Diego show up. And then five appears and i was like wow i'm surprised five went in on it it was like if anybody that i was like waiting to stick to their guns it was gonna be five and then luther yeah. comes crawling in <laughs> through the back <laughs> uh yeah nearly collapsing the car off of its like back end there but yeah yeah that was, was cool. great and then they go to you know right before the showdown and they get there and sissy comes out of the barn and she's like you know then who are you and if I'm being honest, I was kind of hoping we'd get a really super cheesy line. Like I was just like, say the thing, say the thing. It's like, you know, <laughs> I, I want it to be cheesy right now. Cause it would be funny. It was, I was just waiting for Vanya to be like, we are the umbrella Academy. Just do something, you know, throw out that cheesy line. And it'd be, it, it'd be worth it. <laughs> it might've been worth it. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> That was like the first real mission Vanya got yeah. to be a part of, wasn't it? She was like leading that mission. It was her idea and uh, she finally got to be a part of it. She never got to be on like as they reminded her in the beginning at Ben's funeral. And they're like, you know, hey, guys, it's not it's not our fault, you know, and we don't have to, you know, take responsibility for that, you know, and whatever she was telling them. And they're like, you know, what do you know? You weren't even there, you know, reminding her again, like we we would see in season one, the one episode that, you know, how Reginald kept holding Vanya back and not letting her be a part of things. And she had to just sit there and watch, you know, 
as her siblings were, you know, off on these missions, getting recognition and, you know, being famous. And she's just in the background in the shadows, you know, and, um, and she got to be yeah, a part of this one. Very important part. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they would have stood much part. chance without her. <laughs> no, not at all. They'd been full of lead bullets, mm-hmm. I think, um, by that point, had she not been around. So, so yeah, that was a, a great moment, too. That was actually my number three as well, was just the moment when Vanya, you know, s- says that she's leaving and has that really beautiful speech and, again, being disappointed with everyone that they're just letting her go off. I'm like, this is not the time to be apart, guys. Come on, you know, get get your stuff together. And then seeing them all come together definitely had me tearing up a little yeah. bit there. And I was really proud that everyone stuck together. And I love seeing everyone. It took me a, a minute to catch it. I think when they were all t- like clumped together there in the car and they were, they were all <laughs> crowded together uh, was they were all wearing black. I mean, with the exception of five, because he's always in yeah. his uniform, but they were all in black, like uniform, like, and they were all wearing clothes like tailored to their character uh, and their style, but they were all yeah, in black. That is cool. Which I loved. I'm like, how did you guys all get those black <laughs> clothes? And I'll be able, but it, I, I love it because I, that's pretty much what I wear mm-hmm. all the time. So love that. All right. Yeah. That was a really good number three. And I don't have anything else to say oh, about yeah. that. So um, what about well, number, your two, number two? Tags along to what you were talking about earlier. It's also, I called it just the farmhouse showdown. And so I had like the yeah. whole thing. So we talked about really that whole first part. And so I'll go ahead and, you know, we'll go get into the second part when they start having to deal with Lila. <laughs> <gasps> Lila. Yeah. Did you, what was like your, um, I, I don't know if you see yeah. facial expression. So maybe, maybe that, but what was your oh, reaction yeah. as, you know, we, we see, cause you're, we're having this triumphant yeah. moment, right? That Vanya has just wiped all of them out. But then back in the distance, you kind of see this, something back there and you see it's like a shield or something. Yeah. And around. I figured, okay, maybe the handler has the handler some kind of timey power, something that's like device, like device that would or shield them. Right? So I'm like, okay, that makes yeah. sense. But yeah, no, when Lila starts like her eyes glow like Vanya's and she starts floating in the air, my jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, no, <laughs> like what is Man. this? And I was thinking that like, <laughs> Oh, she has the same power as Vanya. And yeah, that's, that's what, what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh <laughs> shit, she's like a, a clone or something. <laughs> she has like the same power. How is that possible? Yeah, which it confirmed, you know, what you had kind of speculated on a few times where, you know, I think she's one of the ones that was born on that same day. And it turns out exactly what it was. But then we find out as she's kind of bouncing around fighting the different people, because then Luther's the next one she deals with. And she's able to catch his hand and then with that same strength, throw him through the wall. And then she rumors. Mm-hmm. Allison right back to make her stop breathing. And that's when you kind of realize her power is that she can like absorb and redirect or copy or what they called it in the episode. They called it mirroring their abilities mm-hmm. and their powers. So if she's fighting another super powered person, she can just copy their ability. And it's kind of this anything you can do, I can do better is what she calls the five. So it's man, yeah. that's, <laughs> she reminded she reminded me a little of uh-huh. Rogue from yeah. X Men. I I got, I got some Rogue vibes. Yeah, and that's that's quite a formidable power to deal with, especially if you're fighting against that as a superpowered person. Uh, 
yeah how how do you how do you defeat that and and i know that they had the idea of well she can't fight all of us right like she can only do one power at a time so if you can distract her you know you get one sibling to distract her another sibling could come in and try to overpower her or you know whatever whatever power they have you know to overcome her but can they you know is that even true it depends on what power she decides to copy i mean if she just decides to copy vanya if they're all around her then there's not much you can do about that and (laughs) right which i we are so in I was going to say that her ability, I love because it was kind of a throwback. Throwback. It explains something in an earlier episode because I remember you were asking about it when she's fighting five in that warehouse. And you're like, how does she just keep being on the other side of the room whenever he's fighting? And that explains that is every time he would teleport or, you know, kind of blink, she would just do the same to the opposite side of the room and be standing there waiting for him. (laughs) Yes, I felt so validated. Damn it. I'm like. I was so, and I know I'm not the only one that's called this out. It's okay. I know I'm not the genius here, but I felt pretty good in that moment. I was like, damn it. That's what it was. I knew it. I knew it in that episode that her and five were fighting in that warehouse or wherever and that she's bouncing around. I was like, it looks like she's, I mean, it was kind of dark. They, they kind of yeah, made they didn't it show like the little portals you know? that she's going through. So, right. And I was like, they almost make, I'm like, what is it? Her training? Like, is she just that much of a badass, you know, from her training with the commission? But I was like, man, it really looks like she's flashing like five does. And by damn it, she was. (laughs) And that, uh, that explained it. I was like, I knew it. I knew it was, I knew it had to be something like that. I just didn't understand it yet. You know, that she was able to, you know, to mirror, but I thought she's got to have some kind of power. She's got to be you know, have some type of special ability. So yeah, that, that's, that's great. She's actually my number awesome. two as well. Um, so yeah, that, that felt really great. And, and seeing how she was mirroring those powers, you know, with, with each of the siblings was really cool. It would have been cool to see what she could have done with Klaus, yeah. you know, how would, how would she have, you know, you know, kind of see that, um, or, you know, how how she would work with that but you know we didn't we didn't get to see mm. that so poor klaus he, no. he didn't do a whole lot he's he was kind of <laughs> there for some comic relief in this episode and kind of almost the season I, I was i love klaus and he had some great episodes and some great you know character development but um there towards the end part of the season he just didn't get very much and i yeah. i hated that um but yeah the, what what a shocker kind of moment i mean we we had to kind of know something was kind of up but you know that was that was quite something and now she's gone yeah i feel like we'll see her again i really do (laughs) i hope so because you know what even though she was trying to kill all of the siblings and you know i feel like she was so misled and used by the handler and she thought she was doing you know, based on the information that she had, yeah. the right thing. And it seemed like they were okay to forgive her. Like, you know, hey, we had a shitty parent too. And, we, you know, we we understand, you know, that it, it's not entirely your fault and, you know, like what you're doing here. And they were willing to yeah. accept her. Uh, and I, so I enjoyed her. I really like her. So I would totally be down to have her oh, back yeah. in season and three. It was such a frustrating thing to see that like in one timeline that like she 
was okay with it. Like she, I don't want to say bought into what they were saying because it's not like they were trying to manipulate her, but she, she agreed with them and realized what they were saying about the handler. And she was ready to, to turn on the handler and, and join the Academy almost in this way. And I love that with Luther, you know, love shouldn't hurt this much. And it was like, Oh, what a sweet little moment. And then <laughs> you know, just immediately shat on his, ideas at least he tried <laughs> which i loved i loved i thought it was hilarious holds true to to her character yeah. i think but it was i was funny. i was scared for diego a little bit like when he's having that heart to heart with her mm-hmm. i was totally i was talking to myself watching i was like this is not going to end well there's there's no way this is going to go and i was 100 percent ready for her to <gasps> stab him and be like yeah whatever that's I what i was waiting for, for. and so then when the handler stepped in and just lit all of them up and killed all of them it was a, it was Jesus. it was like jaw drop I mean, moment number two where I was like wait what <laughs> I know I was like I cannot handle any more oh, this episode it was <laughs> my brains had enough there's a lot and then Lila and the handler have their conversation where she's like is is what they said true and the handler just kind of brushes it off like yeah of course but I need to know that you're still gonna be on my side anyway and when Lila shows like well they're my family now. Handler just kills her too, like it's nothing. And, and they yeah. were right. She just used her for what she could do and for what she could do yeah. for and her. And so it was it was frustrating and heartbreaking in that moment. But I was figured, I was like, well, they're gonna have to find a way out of this somehow. So I was like, well, that's good then. Like Lila is validated in what they said, and now we get Lila on their side as a as a, you know, good guy kind of thing. But then when five does finally take Reginald's advice. It did come into play. I, I knew it would. And he's able to, instead of jump through time, he just kind of rewinds time a few minutes right before the handler yes. is able to walk in and kill all of them. And yeah, so he goes back, stops the handler. But then, you know, then the, the Swede comes in and kills the handler anyway, which was great because I was like, <laughs> she's dead. Oh no, she's going to be back alive again. Okay, cool. She's dead again. Like it was just really like play with my emotions. Yeah. But then the sad part about that is she didn't get to have that moment with Lila, and now Lila still doesn't know where the handler stood on that. And so I feel like she's not going to easily just join the side of the academy at this point. Well, and I I think she's certainly in doubt and in questioning things and that's definitely why mm-hmm. she ran she probably doesn't know who to believe and she's so torn right now probably doesn't want to believe yeah. that uh horrible truth so yeah i think it makes total sense what she did yeah. you know as far as leaving and i don't think we've seen the last yeah, of her for sure so. but then i loved klaus's little moment after the little standoff a little bit with the swede where five says enough the swede says enough drops his gun and they walk their separate ways and Klaus is just like, who the hell was that guy? And at that moment, I realized, like, yeah, Klaus never encountered the Swedes the entire season. Klaus, he has no idea. Klaus has not encountered the Swedes at all. It took me a minute, too, because I was like, okay, so I'll, I was like, okay, so like running it through my head, the, the different siblings encounters with the Swedes and who they were. And I was like, oh, yeah, Klaus hasn't yeah. had that interaction. So he's so to like, him, just some random other guy right steps now. in, kills the handler, and then it's just like, okay, my work here's done and walks off. Like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell just happened here? <laughs> yeah, so good. Such an amazing scene between all of them and the siblings and and with Diego and you know, we've talked 
countlessly about all the times that and I'm so terrible with the actors names I don't remember hardly any of them but you know the guy, the actor that's mm-hmm. playing Diego really showing some great range you know this is it David this, Castaneda um, something like series. that I'm pulling that off the top okay, of my head okay yep that's, that's it <laughs> you were right you were right yeah I don't have them I, I still don't have them and I don't have them right in front of me I'm, I need to start doing that but I don't so he's he was showing really great range I think he's yeah. done really great and he was showing some real emotion here whatever he was pulling from you could you could definitely feel it in in that moment and Lila amazing in this episode as well and in this moment you can really see that emotion in her face and and see how it's affecting her what he's telling her and you know when the tears are welling up in her eyes and you could just really see that you know and not wanting to believe that her mother doesn't love her and that she could be using her you know for her yeah. own gain and and who would want mm-hmm. to believe that really you know who who wants to believe something like that so you certainly can't blame her that's that's human uh, so just a really great scene with all of them. And I mean, Jesus, another what the fuck moment when, like you said, the handler just comes in out of nowhere, you know, and it's all quiet and just all of a sudden Diego just gets blown away along with the other siblings. And it's just like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, what? This is how it freaking yeah. ends. Uh, but then five, you know, who starts to kind of recall, you know, key moments, and then also remembering what Reginald told him about, you know, instead of maybe looking at deca- decades, he should start with seconds and is able to just slowly rewind, you know, what happened. And, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, poor five. How many times now has he had to see oh his siblings <laughs> die? I mean, <laughs> shit. This kid has gone, well, I keep saying kid, and it's so easy to forget sometimes that... This 60-year-old kid. (laughs) Yeah, the 60-year-old kid. It's sometimes just so easy to forget. I mean, he makes it hard to forget sometimes because he he plays a a wizened old man so Mm -hmm. well. Like, it's easy to buy. There's a 60-year-old man in that body. Uh, But at the same time, you see his physical appearance and just sometimes forget that, that fact. Uh, but yeah, he's had to see his siblings die how many times now, you know, yeah. uh, in, in, in what apocalypse, you know, uh, or discover them dead when he comes upon them after the apocalypse has happened, finding their dead bodies or watching them die. So I'm just thinking, holy shit. He, and then he continues to, you know, pull through and is able to rewind and, and kind of cha- how change, change things up to where he gets the upper hand and taking that gun from the handler of course, he's not able to stop the Swede. Mm-hmm. Which I don't but, think he wanted know, to anyway. That's, he was like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it was like this assassin to assassin moment. Yeah. You know, like, I think enough blood has been shed. He got his his justice, and I think that he was okay letting the rest of the siblings go. Even Allison, who yeah. rumored him to kill his brother, you know, because I really thought she was a goner. Yeah. Yeah, that, that took thought, a lot you know, from him to to be okay with letting her go too. That's what yeah, I was Yeah, cuz he lingered about. on her for a yeah. moment. You could tell as he's looking at everyone in the room and then he lingers on Allison and you see that look and you're like, "Uh-oh, is he going to decide, okay, everyone else is cool, but you're dead meat?" Mm-hmm. Um I, I was scared for Allison in that moment. Uh but I guess he realized that even though she rumored him to do that and she was, you know, it it all came under the uh guidance of the handler. Yeah. 
So I think he was happy with just being able to say, if not for her, none of that would have happened. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the end, she was responsible, you know, for for all of all of that to happen. So he seemed satisfied with that. So yeah, I knew we weren't going to see the end of him. Mm-hmm. I knew I I knew he was coming back for sure. I thought, you know, we can't forget that he's he is pretty pissed about losing his brothers. He's pissed that finding out that the handler was behind all of it. We can't forget that he's lingering out there somewhere and something's going to come into play. Yep. And it certainly did. So damn, what a showdown in the Man. barn there. Oh yeah. Whew. Okay, so I know. God. <laughs> So much, so much emotion, so much happening. Um, what is your number one? My number one is I just kind of have like where we're at and what's coming next. And so part of it is just, you know, prediction and speculation and just kind of thinking about what the future holds if Netflix makes sure to get their shit together and give us season three. Um, yes, please. <laughs> but yeah, so first kind of like where we're at is, you know, we see that with the commission – that Herb is now running the commission until Yay, Herb. <laughs> until they're able to elect a new board of directors. And so he's kind of in charge. So hopefully the commission's on the right path outside of the handler's psychopathic tendencies now. Hope so. Yeah. And then the siblings are able to travel back to their correct time, at least what they're expecting it to be at first. And I love how there's like, we just need a briefcase to get back. And Herb's like... Uh, Take your pick, like Got the your pick, pick. Of the litter here. <laughs> whichever one you want. There's hundreds of them, um, but yeah. So as they're kind of getting ready to go back, we kind of see where they're leaving things. Vanya ends up having to leave Sissy and Harlan behind because Sissy just doesn't want to mess with the time frame as far as jumping to the future, but also she just doesn't want to put Harlan through anything else. The kid's been through way more than enough. And mm-hmm. jumping him so many years into the future, not understanding what's going on. That's just, that's a lot for anybody. And so, you know, Vanya's, you know, they have their emotional moment, but Vanya understands is okay with leaving them behind. And then we see that Harlan still has some of his powers. He's levitating the toy above his hand yeah. in the car. So I'd like to see them come back somehow. I think it'd be cool. I could see them just leaving it and dropping it there, but... Maybe we can see Sissy and Harlan show back up in the future. I feel like something's going to come of that. Mm -hmm. I just have a feeling. Yeah, we see Allison is having to leave Ray behind, but she leaves just a beautiful note for him that's being read kind of over this whole closing scene. Yeah. And that was really cool. Um, We see Klaus where he's at as he's just remembering Dave and thinking about Dave and I guess just hoping the best for him. And then we do get to see Dave still boarding the bus and heading off as a Marine. So we still don't know what's going to happen with him. No, but I did have a a thought on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that wasn't they, weren't they in the army when they were in Vietnam? Didn't he enlist in the army? But because of the circumstances when, when Klaus confronted them in the diner and that really set off Dave's uncle and he made him go enlist like that day, but yeah. he enlisted in the Marines. So maybe that's a big enough trajectory so change that something could happen. Yeah. Maybe he could still make it out. Mm-hmm. He won't be in that same hill yeah. or wherever it was that, that he died. I mean, I mean, you're going to Vietnam. We lost a lot of men uh, needlessly in Vietnam. Yeah. So still not great chances, but maybe 
maybe it helps change the tra- trajectory a little bit. Yeah. So that'll be interesting if we see Dave come back. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do. Mm-hmm. And then Luther, I guess, just is he's contacting Jack Ruby or trying to. I don't know whether he was going to try to stop him from doing whatever or just wanted to touch base. I'm not sure exactly why Luther would have been calling him, but either way we see that the call doesn't go through because Ruby mm-hmm. is off to to kill Lee Harvey Oswald anyway. I think that's why he was trying to get a hold of him. That's the only what, thing that yeah. I can think of. We don't get a lot to of try explanation, to stop him. but I, I think it was <laughs> trying to stop him from shooting Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, that's kind of where we are left with all of them. And then we also get to see the Swede one more time. Where now he's joined. He's joined <laughs> with Destiny's Klaus's, children. Yeah, Klaus is cold. He's joined Destiny's children, which I guess is led by Kichi now. So <laughs> enjoy that sex swing, buddy. It's all I yeah. You've say. you've earned it, bud. You've, <laughs> <laughs> you've been through a lot. You've earned it. <laughs> yes. He seemed down with it. He's like, hmm, yeah. Why you not? see it kind of for a second. His eyes go, and he's like, yeah. This whole assassin business is way more than I want. Like. This seems like, like a I need nice a vacation. Yeah. Need a vacation. I need a change of pace. And boy, did he get one. Why not? Let's see where one? this goes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's kind of where we're left off. But then it leaves me looking towards the future a little bit where, you know, I was like, you know, we better get this season three because there's so many of these little questions where I was like, I got to see who these Sparrow Academy people are. What are they, these, these new Academy members like? Um, course we get ben back we know ben is one of them but he's very different he's been raised in a whole different kind of household different people reginald maybe has changed the way he does things knowing how the original ones turned out and he didn't like that so maybe he's even harsher it's his fault yeah it's his fault <laughs> jesus yeah and then see I'm, I'm i'm really excited to see where that goes and then we talked about Lila, and it was like, where is she, and what role does she play in the future? Because I definitely feel like we'll see her again. Are we still going to see the commission? Because now that Herb is kind of in charge of everything, like, do they still need to be involved? Maybe since mm-hmm. the timeline has been changed very drastically, maybe the commission still has a lot of work to do with these people. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> so much for speculation uh, left in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of that is actually part of my number one as well. Mostly just like who the heck and or who are uh, the Sparrow Academy, yeah. you know, and seeing Ben alive. So what the hell? Uh, I guess if they were taken out of the timeline, the Umbrella Academy wasn't there to, in Reginald's words anyway, be responsible for Ben's death, that he still adopted Ben, but he adopted these other kids. So whatever mission that they were on, it never happened. Or they were able to protect Ben in maybe a way that they were not able Mm -hmm. to. The Umbrella Academy was not able to. I don't know. And he is a very different person. Seems to be very different from the Ben that we've come to know. Yeah, he had quite this like dark black emo haircut he was emo ben with like a yeah, scar he was across emo his ben. face and- <laughs> <laughs> yes. so and then yeah who are these kids i guess we could speculate that they could be more of the uh 40 something kids out there born on october one yeah we get to see them or One are they like had- different versions of the same 
people. Oh, I, I've seen that kind of floating around where people are talking like, maybe it's just alternate timeline versions of Allison and Klaus and Diego and Five and Luther. And it's or like, paradoxical uh, psychosis or whatever it yeah, was. But I don't think that's what it's going to be because I know Reginald was expecting them to show up and they didn't show. They were all just silhouetted in the background. Which right. knowing from how, you know, watching a lot of different TV shows like The Walking Dead and stuff where they haven't quite cast somebody yet, that's they shroud them in mystery for that reason is they've got, okay, we get a season three, then we can cast these people. Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They can kind of leave an air of mystery, mm-hmm. you know, around that instead of dedicating someone. Because if they do, if, if they show their faces and they're like, well, now we have to have them back for season three if we get a season three and then if we do, can we get these guys to commit to a season three? Will they be available? Yeah. How long will it take for us to be filming? Will they all look the same? Or if they're kids, are they going to drastically change? You know, we have this whole thing, right? Yeah. So there's so many, so many things that kind of play into that. So you're right. Yeah. You're, Cause their ages right. could even be different because so then with him changing that have changed his timeline to where maybe the, the Sparrow Academy people could be older or younger or whatever from our Umbrella Academy people. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know because we couldn't see them because they were in shadow, but Ben was an adult. He looked like we knew him when we just lost him, right, in the previous episode. Yeah. And I guess we don't know that there were kids maybe they're not kids maybe they're the same age i mean if they're if if they are so we're in 2019 if they are the same group of kids that were all born on october 1st 1989 then they have to be adults right they all have to be and that's what i'm saying those because i i I subscribe to the theory i think it's pretty I'm, i'm bought into it that i think that reginald is the one that's behind all of the kids yes. being born that he triggered that event. So yes, me too. with the timeline kind of being different now, I guess there's a possibility that he could have done it on a different day earlier or later than, than that day in this timeline. So they could be younger. They could be older. Who knows? But I guess Ben is kind of a anchor for that. So it depends on whether Ben looks like he's around the same age as he would be or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting to see. Or to find out, I guess who is now in the Sparrow Academy and who these. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say kids, even though they're probably not kids. As in, probably age, about the same age. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing they're around the same age, but I'm still thinking of them as kids when you're calling them the Sparrow Academy. Mm-hmm. There was like a freaking green Borg cube floating around up there with one of them. What the hell is that thing? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so it must be yeah, completely different. Which I figure yeah, that's why they hid them as they'll cast new characters. So. They've got different powers and different abilities. So, oh, we better see a season three. We better get to see who these people are and what oh they can do. Oh, my gosh. I got to see it. Got to <laughs> see it. Yeah. And then so there's this has changed like Reginald's alive. He wasn't mm-hmm. before. Uh, he did not adopt all of those siblings, I guess, except for Ben. Mm-hmm. So that's changed. The siblings are all suspects in JFK's murder. That has to change the timeline a little bit, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, are people going to see them in 2019 and be like, I think that's the person who killed JFK in 63. <laughs> I saw you in my history book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what the heck? Yeah. And why haven't you aged? <laughs> <laughs> Vampires. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, my gosh. So much happening. So much happening. That was actually a lot of my number one, too, just like I said, kind of 
talking about, you know, all these questions here at the end and all of the impact that they're time jumping and things that they did and choices they made in, in 1963 that has affected the time today. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so much happening. I'm trying not to think too hard about the time travel stuff. And then, you know, the old five still went back to 2019 before the apocalypse happened. So what what is there with that? Yeah, what, where's that timeline? Because that was still Luther and Klaus and Allison and Diego. So Yeah, so uh. weird. Um, you know, it's like all these parallel timelines, like alternate universes. Mm-hmm. And that's what this feels like a little bit, like an alt, you know, alt universe happening here. Oh, my gosh. Man. <laughs> so much happening. Do you have anything else to say about your number one? No, I think that about covers it. Okay. What about notes? Um, no, I think we covered all the notes and stuff I had too. Okay. We did pretty good. <laughs> we covered a lot, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I think I have a couple that we haven't covered. I did, you know, just a little mention of Herb. Yay, Herb. Really excited mm-hmm. about him. He's so darn cute. So polite to the dead bodies. As <laughs> Pardon me. Sorry. You know, mm-hmm. so trying to scoot around them. Uh, talked about the masks and helmets a la Hazel and Cha-Cha on some of the other uh, members of the commission there. Um, I, I was curious when Harlan is, whatever was going on with Harlan, I don't fully understand, you know, what was going on. I don't know if it was just that he's been exposed to these powers. He's confused and scared by everything that's happening around him. He's a child. He doesn't understand what's happening or what has mm-hmm. happened to him. And so they're kind of out of control. But why did it cause it to snow? I'm curious. Like, yeah, I don't know. We haven't really seen that from Vanya. So. <laughs> I'm just like, where the hell did the snow come from? When we when we last left them here on the farm, I don't remember seeing any snow, but it seems to be happening around this area where, where Harlan's at here. So I don't know. That was weird. Yeah, those powers, because I assume he just kind of absorbed whatever Vanya has, and we still mm-hmm. haven't been able to put a full, like, wrangle on what Vanya's powers are, so yeah, maybe she can change the weather, too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She can do it all. Um, <laughs> one moment that was just really kind of eerie and, and weird when I watched it was after Vanya had taken out that whole commission army of soldiers and they're all blasted in the air and they roll on the ground all lifeless. And then when Lila floats up in the air and she, you know, shoots off her power right back at Vanya and the rest of the siblings, all those dead bodies kind of rolled back over again. Like, so it it was like, Oh, for some reason it just seemed so terrible, you know, like, Ooh, they just got a double whammy. I, I don't know. I just, found it very strange and kind of <laughs> disturbing i guess i don't know just a yeah. strange moment i, I feel because i've played a lot of video games and stuff where you kind of see like those those graphics are like the it's like that it's like an unreal engine kind of thing where like the way that the bodies move mm-hmm. and i feel like that's how they did that scene is i don't know i haven't looked into it but i feel like that was animated using like a video game engine where like the physics of the bodies being pushed back and forth were all done that way that they and i don't think this is too spoilery and if it is tell me and i'll edit this out uh <laughs> they kind of do that just a little bit in the light in the last of us yeah you know if you're crawling like i said i don't think this is too spoilery you know nah. 
people die in that game, okay? And mm-hmm. sometimes you're crawling around on the ground, and if you've just killed someone and you're crawling around on the ground, that body kind of moves, you know, like you're trying to get around them or over them or something, and that body's kind of like yeah. shifting and moving around. You're just kind of like, ew, the you way know. <laughs> video game gravity and physics affect a dead body in the game. I feel as how they did that scene because it's a lot of that very similar. You know, if you play games like Grand Theft Auto and stuff where you're blowing people up with rocket launchers, the way bodies just kind of ragged all around. It was right. it reminded me of that. Yeah. Yep. Very <laughs> much so. It was just very strange. I just had a moment. I was like, ooh, I just I don't like that. Kind of icky. Uh, I have a few Easter eggs. All right. Uh, so there are sparrows hidden in many scenes throughout the season foreshadowing the Sparrow Academy reveal. So I, I, I got the one there at the end with Harlan uh, when he's in the back seat and okay, he's yeah, the little bird twirling toy. with his power in the air. He's twirling that sparrow. He's holding it yeah. a lot in, in that episode and he's playing with it there at the end in the car. That was like a sparrow, but there were other um little huh. you know i never noticed anything i wasn't looking of course well though, so. it was very, huh. i bet if you go back and rewatch, you'll probably yeah. see them but they're very little I, I i saw a couple of screenshots and they're they're very subtle they to me i mean you had to really yeah really be looking for them or know where to look or maybe you're just you know so tuned into the details that you would see them so one of the sparrows is on what seems to be a newspaper in the old fives suitcase and then you can also spot a copy of Vanya's book that he carries around. And then, um, and so, yeah, you can see it on some papers and documents, a sparrow. And then again, that scene with Harlan and the sparrow. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then this is not sparrow related, but just an, a little mention um, in episode two. Uh, and I totally did not pick up on this. So this was felt new to me in episode two, AJ mentions the 743 or 743 incident to the handler hmm. and then of course we later learn that the 743 is the number of the kill order uh that the order that handler forged to have lila's parents executed yeah so that was kind of a oh, yeah. well that's another well. thing we didn't really talk about i guess was what the handler was doing because she went after harlan too she's like the anti-reggie in a way where she's also trying to collect these kids i guess in a way that she can except She's more kidnapping them versus adopting them, killing yeah. their parents and then taking the kids with powers. Yeah. And we, I think we kind of talked about that, right? When we first saw in the beginning, like, why is the handler there? Mm-hmm. Why, what, who are these people? You know, why would they be important to the commission? And because they're, they're supposed to be out there correcting the timeline, what did the, what were these people responsible for maybe possibly, possibly doing or something? And then when we learn that, you know, Lila has these powers. It's like, well, maybe they were there for her and we were speculating on maybe she has some sort of abilities because of just the timing talking about she's four years old in 1993 and you know, that maybe she is something special and that maybe the handler was there for, for her specifically. Yeah. didn't have anything to do with her parents, but she had to get rid of them in order to get, get Lila. Yeah. So, Yeah. Freaking, freaking tragic. Poor mm-hmm. Lila. Having her parents killed because of that and still not able to believe that the handler was responsible and that she doesn't really love her. Yeah, man. It's devastating. Poor Lila. 
that's just that's a rough life. It's devastating. Yeah, mm. absolutely devastating and traumatic. Um, that was uh, we covered all the rest of my notes, and that was all the Easter eggs that I had in particular. Cool. So, do, did you have any music notes or anything that you wanted to yeah, add? Yeah, we. I have the the music. All right. Not a lot to We're it. Waiting on it. <laughs> not a lot. You know, they've done exhausted their their music yeah. budget here, Peg. <laughs> There's yeah. literally one song in the entire episode. Yeah. And it's at the very end. But if anybody's making playlists, here you go. Add this to the the bottom of the playlist. It was a, uh, I guess, para for Kuva, something like that. It, we'll take it. <laughs> interesting artist name, but yeah, it was Wicked Games featuring Anna Naklab. And it was the song that's playing at the end of the episode, near the end of the episode, where the Hargreaves are kind of saying goodbye to the people and situations in their lives in the 60s before they travel back yeah. or forward. <laughs> I love that song, that Chris Isaac song. It's a good one. Awesome. Any other music notes? That was it. That's the only thing for this episode. <laughs> yeah, like I said, they, they kind of ran it out. It. <laughs> they ran out their musical budget, man. I can't imagine that that what that takes every season for them. Mm-hmm. All right. That I think was a really great wrap up on that finale and also just the season uh, yeah. too as a whole. So with that being said, that's going to kick us off into uh, our favorite part of the podcast. And that's our listener feedback because Everybody had something to say about this finale. We had some really great feedback, a lot of, uh, you know, input on Facebook and in our voice messages. So I'm going to kick off with this first one here from our good friend, Doug Fick. He says, another one in the books for us in Dieters. Paik, great job co-hosting. And RJ, you are bringing it. Aw, damn. <laughs> thanks, Doug. Yeah, thanks, um, Doug. He goes on, as a whole, I thought season two was better written than season one, but I'm not sure I enjoyed it as much, if that makes sense. Hmm. No, please explain. No, I, 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 I guess I could see that. Sure. Uh, he goes on, all the main characters uh, grew more, in my opinion, with the exception of Luther. I think they gave him some story at the onset, but then he became number five's lackey and just lumbered around. I guess he did lift a tractor off Diego. I'm glad they did not try to rewrite real history with stopping the JFK assassination as that probably would be too complicated to maneuver around. Question. At the beginning, it was 2006 and Ben died, but I recall a reference to him being dead for 17 years. With the story originating in 2019, that is 13. Hmm. Oh, man. Look, Doug, we don't do math here on Strange Indeed. Um. (laughs) So we're just going to need someone to like really just spell this out for me here. But yeah, I, I think I remember seeing this brought up before as far as the the years that he's been dead. Did he say he was dead for 17 when he was talking to Vanya? Uh, well, that was already a whole week ago. <laughs> I know. I don't oh, remember. Man. I've slept since then. I don't know if he said it a full, maybe he did. I don't remember, but I do have that entire speech. Hmm. On here. Well, I'll continue if you want to look yeah. at that. Uh, he goes on. He says, "And oh yeah, Hargraves is a gonad. The battle scene with all the assassins gave me several throwback vibes: Battle of the Bastards, Braveheart, and the shot of Diego, Allison, and Five being chased as the assassins rise over the horizon reminded me of the opening scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where where uh, Indiana is being chased by the natives as arrows flew by his head." Seemed like everyone helped in the fight with their specific powers, except Klaus. 
The handler mowing them all down was a twist I did not see coming, but I like how it was resolved. Another heartbreak for Vanya. So sad. I wonder if her trying to find Sissy will be a thing in season three. Seriously digging Herb again, but when did he and Diego have time to learn a cool handshake? I'm trying to teach my dog this one, but we're having trouble with the doobie toke part at the end. <laughs> he doesn't have thumbs. <laughs> and also going forward to season three, since we see Douchey Ben in the Sparrow Academy, are the rest going to be new kids or a bizarre world version of our gang? Will Lila be one of them? Ooh. Looking forward to finding this out with all of you. But until then, where do we go next? Stay tuned. Doug will tell you. There we go. And I did look back on Ben's conversation with Vanya in my notes from last week. And he does say, I've been dead 17 years, which means he would have died in 2002 if that's if he's talking about 17 years ago from 2019. So, yeah. That oh, would, man. So the 2006 is only 13 years <laughs> back. Did Ben just forget math when he's <laughs> been dead? Yeah, he's been dead for a long time. He has lost count of years. There, there's yeah. the... <laughs> it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Years don't mean anything uh, when you're dead. We're, we're just not gonna. I'm not gonna think too hard about that. I don't know. That's really yeah. strange, yeah. Doug. But I appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah, good thing to point out. But I don't come to us for answers on that because <sighs> our brains hurt enough from trying to figure out the time travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the place for answers. We're just dis we're discussing it. We're not here to, to give good answers on anything or explanations. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right. Well, Cheryl Morales says that finale was so good. Lila and the handler coming to the farm and Lila showing off her powers. Holy moly. I love that the siblings being in the 1960s changed their current timeline. I think. Has it been officially renewed? I can't wait to see what's next. I haven't seen anything official yet. Sh Cheryl, stay official. tuned. We'll um as soon as I see something, I'll be sure to post it for everyone and hopefully keep everyone in the news. Uh Gemma Hall says, loved the finale. We finally saw what powers Lila had, copying her siblings. Very cool. Turns out she's one of the babies born. I love how five manipulated time to go back and save everybody. What's up with the end? It was a bit like Toto. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Just when they thought they were home and the world was saved. Great season. Yeah. I agree. All right. Danielle Samino. Is that right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> she says, so many amazing things about this episode. I loved it. Hargreaves is such an ins insensitive twat. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> we all know he's not fatherly, but blaming the kids for Ben's death was possibly the worst thing he's done. And that's a long list of terrible things. We see that Klaus didn't waste any time summoning him, though. My theory is that since Ben never fully crossed over, that his ghost aged with the other siblings. Still doesn't quite make sense, but that's the best I can make of it. Does it really surprise any of us that the siblings are accused of being involved in the assassination? Diego is an expert on the commission now that he worked there for a whole 10 minutes. Back to family bickering, <laughs> but Vanya has bigger issues with Harlan. Crazy how she made a connection with him and transferred some of her power to him. Klaus is always the first one to jump into whatever mess there is. This is where his recklessness is wonderful and makes him so lovable. I'm also glad he got some closure on Ben not going to the light sooner. Diego had to open his big mouth. Seven of us, two of you. What did you think was going to happen, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing the true effects of Diego's power was so cool. We got a glimpse of him curving the bullets in the beginning of the first episode, but this was his next level of power. And then Vanya, taking care of business. Love it. Seeing Lila go all white violin freaked me out. I was like, how is there two of them? 
but they figured out that she's a mirror and it makes sense why her usage of their powers seemed to be slightly weaker than each of theirs. She didn't kill them when she blasted them like Vanya did with the assassins, and when she rumored Allison back, the rumor wore off pretty quickly, although it probably didn't seem quick for Allison. It's so nice to meet you, punch. (laughs) So many great interactions and lines in this episode. For non-comic readers, White Violin sort of became Vanya's superhero name once she discovered her powers. That's cool. Mm-hmm. remember reading that. The Handler just wants to collect the superhumans like Lila and Harlan. Once Lila figures out the truth about her parents, we all realize how despicable the Handler really is. But I still love her outfits. I'm glad Five was able to put the pieces together with Lila's parents and that Diego was able to get through, her, through to her in some sense. Inviting her to be part of the family shows how much Diego has grown this season. I was not expecting the handler to shoot them all down, even Lila. God, she's awful. Thank goodness Hargreaves actually gave Five some solid advice for once in his life, and he could finally save them, which is what he's been trying to do since the beginning of season one. The family finally was able to see Vanya as not a threat once they saw her save Harlan, and now and how she was able to use her power. They were no longer scared of her. Harb and Diego are my new favorite buddy cop duo with their goofy handshake. <laughs> one of the many great moments of the show. As much as I love Sissy and Vanya, I'm really kind of glad she didn't go with Vanya. That would have been a little too mushy. I think Dave was looking for Klaus before he got on the bus, but maybe maybe hoping he'd be there to stop him. The Swede joins Klaus's cult. I mean, why not? Wondering how Harlan retaining a bit of power will affect the future. The Sparrow Academy just doesn't have the same ring to it, but season three should be quite interesting. We also now have Emo Ben, so not sure how that will play out. Ben seemed like the sweet one. Not sure how I feel about him being the moody one now. It looks like Hargreaves did a better job of keeping the Sparrow Academy together than he did the Umbrella Academy. Wonder what psychological issues this group will have. Can't wait till season three. (laughs) Yeah, you know he has screwed them up somehow, like he did the first crop of kids. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and I I really think Harlan's going to play a part somehow in in season three. You know, he's going to be... He, he can't be one of the sparrows, I don't think, because of his age. Like, he would be, like, in his 60s or something. Yeah. But maybe, like, a child of his or something. Or, I don't know. I feel like some. I feel like there's something there. But I don't know. That was great feedback that we got there on our Facebook page. Um, yeah. We did get an email this week. We haven't had a good email in a while. So, uh <laughs> I was really excited to see this one. So this one comes from our friend Jay Lambani. He says, hello, Rima, a longtime listener, first time writer. Uh, My name is Jay and I love the Umbrella Academy comics. I won't spoil anything. Don't worry. I quite enjoy the show, but I'm sad they took out the weirder elements. They took out the weirder elements (laughs) is my question. (laughs) Wait, this isn't the weird stuff? Oh, this isn't the weird stuff. (laughs) We got to read those comics, Pake. Uh-huh. Sorry, I digress. He goes on, but I still love the show nonetheless. Sorry, I am weak, but I binged the entire season the second it released. I'm not the patient type, but I waited until you two got the, got to the finale to write in because I don't remember what happens in any individual episode until you talk about them. Anyway, you don't have to read any of that shit on the podcast, but it's for my thoughts on the finale. <laughs> of course, I'm going to read it. Um his thoughts on the finale, um, he says, I did enjoy that they seemed to take out all the dead weight and faffing about. 
during the middle of the season that the first season and other great shows are sadly prey to, like Daredevil. But the second season, which was much stronger, and it was a good adaptation of the Dallas storyline from the comics. Also, the show took a significant twist from the books, again, I won't spoil, and seemed to modify it to tell the story they want to tell, which is good, since just making another Umbrella Academy would be boring. The changes they make are normally for the better and to suit the mainstream, he says in quotes. Anyway, this is already too long. Sorry about that. You don't need to read all of it, but I've never written to any podcasters before. Um, I love the book so much. I wanted to share my thoughts as I don't have very many great nerdy friends. Anyway, keep up the great podcasting. I'm about to watch the season 10 finale for The Walking Dead. I hope it lives up to the hype. Long live Negan. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I read it all, Jay. Yeah, I read it all. More often, it was great. That was great. (laughs) You should write in more often. Um, I thought that was fantastic, and I loved your email. And you know what? I'm gonna share something. I I, I've probably talked about on the podcast before, um, but it's easy to miss because I know not everyone listens to every single episode or every show that we have covered. You know. I started as a listener. Well, I still listen to podcasts. I, that hasn't changed. Yeah. Sorry. Let me kind of backtrack. I, you know, when I started out listening to podcasts and I discovered podcasts, you know, I don't, I never had a lot of nerdy friends in my life either, as far as like, you know, like well, The Walking Dead, for example, you bring that up. Um, I didn't have anyone in my life to talk about that show with. No one loved it like I did. They were either a very, very casual viewer and they were not interested in talking to me about it or they just hadn't seen the show, which totally blew my mind, by the way. So, you know, whenever I was starting to listen to podcasts and I realized that I could, you know, like somehow talk to the podcasters, like talk to them and email them or give them feedback on, on the show and it would get read out loud and it made me feel like a part of the, the discussion, Right. Mm-hmm. And Paik, you can relate to this too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Walking Deadcast was the first podcast I ever listened to. That's yeah. what got me into podcasts. And it was the same reason because I was like, I need more Walking Dead. And I, like, none of my friends want to talk to me about it that in depth. <laughs> they don't care. Exactly. And so I found Jason and Karen. And so it's cool to like now kind of be more involved in Jason's network and doing stuff with podcasts. It's awesome. But, exactly. But so- even back then, just getting my like, feedback read on the podcast would make me so giddy those first like seasons when I was just a listener that was our email for the week we got a lot of calls this week Paik all right we gotta get through them (laughs) so (laughs) voicemail time voicemail time you get like an intro song to voicemails voicemails yeah well you know what I'm taking that I'm taking that little piece that you just did (laughs) and I'm using it so oh, great. should have practiced first, more. <laughs> you know what? No, that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, the first voice message that we have this week is from our good friend, Laura Willie Swink. Hi, Raymond and Peg. This is Laura, and I'm calling in with my feedback on the finale and season two of the Umbrella Academy. Well, wow, that was an amazing finale. I thought it was over when they stopped Vanya from imploding the FBI building, but we had one more showdown to go, and that finale threw me for a loop. I admit I watched the entire series pretty early on after it came out, so I hadn't listened to any other podcasts or any other feedback, and the Lila twist completely threw me. I had no idea that she was one of the 32 or 40 not sure how many there were, uh, gifted children 
but um, when she just popped out with those amazing powers, uh, I didn't even know what, fully what they were until she started mimicking um, Luther and Allison, um, these roguelike powers to steal another person's um, powers and abilities was amazing. I did not expect that at all, so it was really cool to have that thrust upon me. Also, um, Five, realizing as he's dying that he should take Hargreaves' words of wisdom to heart and jumping back just a few seconds rather than years to change one pivotal moment was amazing. Um, and I love that, that we're going to get Justin Min back, uh, the actor who plays Ben, in season three. I loved Ben this season, and I loved getting to have more of him, and I was so heartbroken when he died. So I am excited to have Ben back, if he even is going to be a Ben, or what's going to happen. He definitely has more of an edgy kind of emo look. So we'll see what this new iteration of Ben is, but I'm just really glad to have Justin Min still on the show. Uh, as far as the season goes, I felt like this season was far and away better than last season. I enjoyed last season, but there wasn't anything super memorable about it for me. Um, but this season, the characters got a lot more depth, especially characters that seemed rather flat last season, like Allison, Luther, and Diego. They all got meatier, much more interesting plot lines to go through, especially Diego with his relationship with Lila and working through his daddy issues with Hargreaves and Allison with her storyline with Ray and the civil rights movements. So amazing. And the siblings just felt so much more connected this season than they did last season. I actually felt for them a lot more. The storyline was amazing. I love how it wove in actual details of American history as well as details from season one. I thought it was a lot tighter and um, unfolded much cleaner than last season's story, I'll say. And the music, the music this season was amazing. I would have to go back to season one to see what um, songs they had on the soundtrack, but it seemed like every single episode this season had at least one, if not more, amazing scenes that were set to some pretty rockin' songs. So, characters, story, music made the entire season so much better this year. Now that the season is over, maybe you could check out Behind the Scenes, which is the Netflix official podcast. They have a few episodes that go behind the scenes and talk about um, different aspects of the Umbrella Academy, but one thing that I found really interesting was the character of the Handler, and the fact that when they cast the Handler, they didn't even have a woman in mind. They actually wanted to cast John Hamm, and when he turned down the role, um, somehow it was offered to Kate Walsh and she was given carte blanche to do whatever she wanted with the character, and she made it into this amazing, over-the-top, Cruella DeVille-type character, and I thought she was just perfect. I loved her. I don't think we're going to see her in Season 3. Who knows? But um, I think she did a fantastic job in Season 1 and Season 2. 
Well, I commend both of you for being so patient and so strong to wait week to week to give us this podcast and give us your fresh, you know, unspoiled reactions to each one. And I really look forward to the haunting of Bly Manor. Thanks, Cake and Rima, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, thank, thank you, you so Laura. Much my twisty sister. Yeah, I knew really I could interesting count. Interesting about Kate Walsh, and I'm trying to picture John Hamm in that role now. And man, that was... mm-hmm. I I I heard that they were looking for someone like a John Hamm, and that they had yeah. potentially, you know, had tried to get him to take the role. And but yeah, and then that it went to Kate Walsh, and yeah, thinking that they didn't have a woman in mind. But I think she did fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely fantastic, and how she was able to take that role. I mean, she was definitely a character that I just love to hate on this show, but you know, loved her wardrobe, take her wardrobe in a heartbeat. That was great. Thank you, Laura. Lots of great information in there. I knew I could count on her for a rogue reference <laughs> in there. All right. So our next call is from Emily Baclarian. Hi, Rima and Paik. I wanted to write in one more time for the season before it ends. Um, so first of all, Paik, I'd like to formally apologize for mispronouncing your name. And I know you'll say it's fine, but my last name is mispronounced constantly and it's definitely annoying. So I'm really sorry and I hope you'll forgive me. Oh yeah, you're good. Um, so I loved this episode. I thought the fight scene with at the barn, I thought everything was so well done. Um, I like how Layla turned her back on the handler at the end, and I like how Reginald's advice ended up being helpful, um, even though he's a huge dick, but, you know, he told Five to just try to travel a few seconds, and he ended up saving the day. Um, And I like how the final Swede killed the handler and decided that that was enough. Um, And he didn't kill the siblings, and then he got on Klaus's bus, so I just thought that was a really good way to wrap it all up. Um, And then the ending after they time travel, that was a complete twist with the Sparrow Academy and they made it funny. And I'm not happy that we got left hanging on a cliffhanger, but I'm excited for whatever is going to come next. Um, So I'd like to talk about some details I noticed. And among my friends, I was the first to notice these, but they aren't cinematic experts like you two and other listeners of this podcast. So I'm sure that you guys already touched on these things. And if you haven't, someone else will when they write in. But I felt really smart when I made these connections. Um, So first, obviously, Harlan is shown in the backseat levitating a bird. And then the future academy that the team time travels into is called the Sparrow Academy. Um, And this is obviously not a coincidence. I'm sure that Harlan and Sissy altered the timeline somehow. Um, And then speaking of the Sparrow Academy, I have a feeling that they are some of the other children that were born with superpowers on the same day as the original Umbrella Academy, Um, which is really interesting because those children are kind of forgotten about in the original plot. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, There also seems to be some sort of green floating cube at the timestamp 4638, and I thought it was just like a lamp at first, but it definitely moves and is standing with the Sparrow Kids, so I'm interested to see what that is. Um, And then finally, when Dave is getting on his bus, they make an effort to show the officer saying, let's go Marine. Um, So I spent literally hours searching, rewatching last season, trying to find what branch Klaus was in um, when he and Dave 
like fought originally after Klaus time traveled, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, maybe someone else has found something and I'm more than happy to be corrected, but I think that Klaus not only changed Dave's enlisting time, but also the branch that he enlisted in. So I think that the timeline is going to be completely messed up. Um, and I guess we just have to wait and see where that goes. Um, so that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for your coverage of this season. I had a really good time listening to what you guys had to say. Paik, you did an amazing job. Um, I can only assume that Rima, you, and I don't know if it'll be Paik or Sam or anyone else, but you'll be doing Haunting of Hill House Season 2. So I'm really looking forward to that. And thank you guys so much for everything. Cheers. Oh, thanks, wow. Emily. <laughs> Thank you so much. So lovely to hear from you again. Uh, and really great insight. She had some great insight there, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Lots of, yeah, these little things picking up on. Yeah, you, you definitely are, are paying a lot of attention. I missed a lot of those things, so you're doing yeah. real good. She's paying attention, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Girl after my own heart. And Emily, I'm sorry if I've been mispronouncing your last name wrong. I People mispronounce my first name all the time. Now, I've gotten over it over the years. It used to annoy me, but as I've gotten older, I'm just like, whatever. But I totally get that feeling. So if I've mispronounced your last name, um, I do apologize. Feel free to write in and correct me. Um, but thank you so much for uh, that awesome voice message. Lovely to hear from you. Definitely. And I'm really pleased to hear that you'll be sticking with us for Bly Manor because yes, yeah. we are covering it and yes, it will be fake. Yes. Covering I'm excited, me. ready to dive into oh my God. that. Oh man. Yeah. So, this weekend. Yeah. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. So <laughs> we have, we've got a few more voicemails to get through. Gosh, yeah. we are loved this week. I, I'm <laughs> so feeling the love. So the next one that we, we have is from our good friend, Daphne Backman. Hi, Rima and Paik. This is Daphne sending in my feedback for episode 10, The Umbrella Academy season two. I can't believe this is the end. It's been awesome going week to week with you guys. And this season as a whole has just been fantastic. And I think this episode was a fitting way to close out this part of the story and open the doors to hopefully season three. So I loved seeing how Klaus brought Ben back initially after he died at, I think it was 17. They've been together for ages, so it's really going to be interesting to see Klaus move forward without the ghostly Ben at his side. Diego killed me with his talk about making the infinite switchboard his bitch. That was hilarious. I started to get pissed at the siblings for not wanting to go with Vanya to help Harlan. I get that they felt they had bigger fish to fry, but they're not always there for her. And I felt I was just getting irritated because I felt like this is their opportunity to be there for her. And they did renew my faith in them as they piled into the car, literally, with Luther, you know. I think he broke the shocks on that one. <laughs> and finally, they're going to be there for her. Lila absorbing the powers of others was not something I was expecting. And now I wonder where she took off to or when she took off to. And seeing the family work together was wonderful, especially up against the handler and all of her agents of the commission. Although I think they're all taken care of now. Herb, as the head of the commission... I can fully support 
totally on board. It's what I was hoping for. I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago in my feedback. Was so glad when he and Dot showed up and helped the team get back to 2019. Although, and I'll just say it, Emo Ben the Sparrow. Wow. Thanks, guys, for such a fun season. Looking forward to what you do on Bly Manor, even though I'm not sure I can go week to week, but I'm going to try. Anyway, thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Daphne, so much. And Ben been... the Sparrow. And Ben the Sparrow. <laughs> Interesting. Which makes me think that if, if Klaus joined the Sparrows instead of the Umbrella Academy, would he be the High Sparrow? <laughs> good one. <laughs> That's really good. Oh my goodness. Um, we have another voice message this week from our good friend Anwen from New Zealand. Hi, Remit and Pike. Anwen here. This was such an amazing finale to a wonderful season. I liked it even better than the first one. The handler is just despicable and that oh crap moment when the army of assassins shows up behind her was amazing. I really like how the show tends to swerve away from the opportunity to be cheesy. Like Lila doesn't flip over to the good side and Sissy and Vanya don't get to be together. And for a moment I thought that Vanya's sparkly power particles might cure Harlan's autism, but I'm really glad they didn't go there as well. The emotional moments were truly moving, especially the farewells between Alison and Ray and between Vanya and Sissy. And my favourite was Ben disintegrating in Vanya's arms. I cried, it was so sad. I love how the show is really unpredictable but satisfying. So many shows you get to the finale and you know what to expect, like the big battle in Walking Dead or Game of Thrones and you know how it's going to go down. But I really had no idea what was going to happen with this. It all made sense and it was really satisfying. I love the Swede joining the cult at the end. <laughs> and the twist at the end, of course, it was going to mess up the timeline somehow, everything they did. And I'm so happy that it's not the last that we see of Ben. So bring on season three. Thanks again for your awesome podcast, guys. Bye. Oh, so beautifully said, Anwen. Thank you so much. Lovely message. As always, she always has such wonderful things to say, and no one oh, says yeah. them like she does. <laughs> <laughs> and if I didn't love her, it would be annoying. <laughs> Thank you, Anwen. All right. So to cap off the voicemails that we have for this week, we have our final voicemail um, this week and our final voicemail for the Umbrella Academy Season 2 from our good friend, Steve Brown. Oh, yeah. Hey, Pake and Rima, this is Steve, and I just finished watching uh, uh, The Umbrella Academy episode 10 from season two uh, for the first time. My goodness, they they did it. They stuck the landing. Uh, man, I can't wait to watch it more times. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. I can't wait to hear what Mark thinks about it. Gosh, it was really, really good, and it's set up really great for the next season. Um Gosh, just so many things to pick a few moments uh, for me that reveal that we've all been suspecting that Lila was one of the 43 and, of course, the confirmation that she is. And, uh, you know, now where is she? She 
popped out with a briefcase. We don't know. Uh, Herb, I love Herb in charge of the commission. Um, really, really great. I love that whole thing about asking for a briefcase and then Herb just going, well, pick one, you know, <laughs> like you didn't have to ask. There's too many here. Um, Gosh, uh, and that ending, of course, this uh, this sparrow thing. I got spoiled uh, about their their sparrows throughout the episodes on different things. Uh, I I clicked on something I can't remember how many episodes ago it was that said something about sparrows. So, uh, I, of course, I didn't know what it meant until now, finding out that we've created this alternate timeline that is, there is now the Sparrow Academy. Ben is alive, and uh, but he's not the Ben that we know. He's the bin from this alternate timeline that has been created by them and uh, so it's it's interesting uh, I, I can't wait for season three I don't know if they're filming it or what part what uh, point in production they are but uh, man just really really good and I'm excited uh, it's rare that a show can do better the second season and so we'll see what they do uh, with the third season all right talk to you later Oh, awesome. Thank you, Steve. It's so awesome how he'll still leave us a voicemail knowing he's still got to go podcast on the episode yeah. and stuff. <laughs> he sent me this a while back, so I think they've already wrapped up their coverage because um, he sent this back to me uh, yeah. like a week or so ago. So uh, I love that. Gosh, guys, this was so awesome to open up my inbox Um for stranger or strange indeed here and see all of the emails and the voice messages that have come in to go to our Facebook page and see all of the responses. And, you know, it always humbles me so much that you guys take the time. It really does mean a lot because I know everyone has really busy lives, even with the pandemic. And, you know, yes, we're, we're all still kind of busy and have things going on. Everybody's going through stuff. But the fact that you take some time out um, to write in and let us know, you know, what you thought and that you're enjoying what we have to say. Um, I love it. Thank you guys so much for being with us for the Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I second that a hundred percent. Yeah, it's been a been a fun, great ride with all of you. It wouldn't be the same without all of you guys with us for sure. You you really rounded out for for us because you guys always provide stuff that we don't always pick up on. We we can't get everything, so we certainly lean on you guys to help us out with some of that. So thank you. Um, so next week we teased it. A little bit, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's much of a secret. You know, we've talked about it and I've certainly made no secret of how excited I am to cover the next show. Next week, we will be covering season two, episode one, the premiere of The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is titled The Great Good Place. Ooh. I feel like it's probably not going to be a great good place. <laughs> <laughs> it's think going to scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be the opposite. Yeah. If for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Haunting of Bly Manor is the second season anthology, uh, which is kind of like season two of Haunting of Hill House, but it's an anthology. So it's a totally different story. Mm -hmm. um, it's a different house, different characters. Uh, you might see some of the same actors from Hill House, but they will be playing different roles. So... If you haven't seen Haunting of Hill House, this is definitely the time of year to get caught up on it. It's October. Oh, yeah. uh, Halloween's coming up. So good. It is so good. 
I cannot encourage enough if you haven't seen it. And then definitely jump into Haunting of Blind Manor. But it's not necessary to have seen that um, in order to enjoy The Haunting of Blind Manor since it is an anthology story. So that's what we're doing. We are hoping to cover that first episode very soon after it comes out. It comes out this week on the 9th. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to get an, at least one episode out very quickly and get that turned around. At least get one episode out um, and kind of, you know, get those um, appetites satisfied for some content, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be working hard to get that turned out for you as quickly as possible. And then we'll go back to our regular weekly schedule because we are sticking to week to week, guys. It's what we do. Why break tradition mm-hmm. now? <laughs> so anyway. Um, I digress. Um, we are excited for you to follow us through time, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger Teacast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. So Jason just released his episode for the finale for The Walking Dead that just aired yeah. a few days ago. Yeah, Definitely need to check that out. And also he had um, a podcast for um, that they released for the spinoff, uh, The Walking Dead World Beyond. So if you check that out and enjoyed those and want to hear more about what um, they have to say over there on the dead cast, then go check them out. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that there's more Walking Dead back in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Way overdue, right? Um, and speaking of great podcasts, um, you can check out Paik and his other podcast called Run for Your Lives, um, covering monster movies, creature features, and disaster films. And you can find them anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts and at runforyourlivespodcast.com. Paik, what do you guys have in store for us this week? All right. Uh, last week I mentioned that we were dropping The Ritual, so that's been out this week. And then the next one that will be dropping this weekend is A Quiet Place. Mm, there's a favorite. Yeah. That's a oh, one of my absolute favorites. We had a really fun time talking about that one. So, yeah, that'll be out pretty soon for anyone listening to this. So keep an eye out for it. Awesome. We certainly will. Can't wait. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Paige. And Cheryl Morales is strange indeed.